The roar of the fire has died down a little. It no longer spits and sparks, but its heat and warmth are welcome. People lean in closer with hands stretched out. The night air presses them near, seeking each other's presence and comfort. The fire casts shadows onto the trees at the edge of the woods. The forest holds a sense of mystery and foreboding. Feeling the change in the air, the elder calls out, and a voice answers back. I am the nomad. I travel either with people or by myself. I am a loner in the desert, the tundras, and the steeps. I live in places others call inhabitable. I travel from place to place with no permanent dwelling. I am self-reliant. I overcome obstacles and face the barren plains of nature. I am fertile and grow where there is little nourishment. But I can have difficulty in expressing my emotions. I can be proud and arrogant. I can be quick to turn away and be too self-reliant. I know how to survive and care for myself. I am used to hardship and I am grateful. Tonight, I offer the tale, The House of Desert Bones. Deep in the harsh, dry desert, a girl grew up in a house made of bones. The white beams stretched high overhead, the frame of a giant beast. She could not remember how she came to live there, but a trio of desert mice took care of her. And as long as she had lived there, a giant red heart stood in the middle of the hide-covered house. The mice had showed her, even as a little girl, how to care for the motionless heart. Every morning, the desert rats helped her brush her long, dark hair. Any loose hairs that pulled free, the girl twisted into seven knotted braids. These she wrapped around the heart until, over the years, the red heart became completely covered by her hair. Then, at the sign of the girl's first blood, the desert mice told the girl to hold her knife to the sun. When the angle was just right, the sun set the heart and hair ablaze. All the years of the girl's hair caught fire and burned down. But the heart had caught fire too, and it continued to glow a dark, fiery red. It smoldered all day, and that night, the girl lay down to the soft light of the embering heart. She was woken hours later by the whole house shaking, bones and all. The trembling continued and the girl could not stand as the very ground beneath her feet rolled. The house then began to transform as the giant, whose bones held the house firm, took shape once more. The fur blanket walls stretched and pulled, a shiver running down their bristles as they split and knit into a giant wolf pelt. The white beams wrenched and bent into ribs, and the roof split open as the desert beast's giant spine formed stairs, carrying the girl upward until she ascended onto his back under the full moon. Beneath her buried the giant desert wolf. The house that held his slumbering bones for twelve years was gone, replaced with a creature reassembled and alive once more. The girl sat astride his back, frightened, but she felt something binding them. For so many years she had wrapped and wound her hair around this artifact, never knowing why or what it was. Now here stood the answer, bold and terrifying in its presence. Then the giant wolf began to run. The desert flashed past her as they traveled, faster than she had ever moved. The sand was no obstacle to the desert wolf, his paws landing sure and solid. The girl buried her hands deep in his fur, and her eyes watered as the night wind streamed past them. 
They ran and ran and ran, and with the desert wind whipping through the girl's hair, she felt like she was soaring above the sands, the very sky and moon. The desert wolves took her to the village of the night owls, with their large, all-seeing eyes and soft, spread wings. They were magnificent, but the girl was wary of them as they preyed on the mice kind who had raised her. The sky began to lighten, and the wolf nudged the girl, for he could not run without a rider. She climbed atop his back, and they rode away until they returned to their desert spot. As the sun rose, the wolf slipped apart, his body squaring down until he became the house once again. Out came the mice from their sand dens, but they were afraid to enter the house, for they could smell the scent of owls on the wolf, in his walls and in his beams. But the girl reassured them, and they came running in, up and down the walls, using handholds of fur as they cleaned the sand for between the pelt. A pile of sand formed in the middle of the floor, which the girl swept out. A blood-red heart had resumed its place in the center of the house, but now it was no longer motionless. It beat with a strange rhythm that mimicked the girl's own heart, though it skipped every other beat. Instead of wrapping her hair around the heart, the mice showed her to prick her finger and lay a drop of blood onto it. After this, the girl lay down and slept. When the sun set and the sand cooled down, the girl woke again to the roof shaking and watched as the wolf emerged, sinew and muscles stretching into shape. This time, they journeyed west, the wolf's paws beating against the harsh sands. They ran and ran, but suddenly the wolf stumbled. A scorpion had come underfoot and his poison had seeped into the giant wolf. The great creature turned and roared his fury and his will to destroy the scorpion. But the girl urged him to start their journey back, as with his injury, it would take them much longer to return. If he was caught outside the moon's light, she did not know what would happen. They made their way slowly, the girl helping as much as she could, and they just barely arrived to their desert plot when the sun emerged. With the sun's light, the wolf fell back into his bones. He was unable to reassemble himself into the house, the shelter for the girl. The girl was tired from the night's long journey, but she joined the mice as they spent all day reorganizing him into shape. The girl didn't know if he would ever regain form, either as a house or as a desert wolf. Having done all that she could, the girl fell exhausted into sleep. She woke to the slither of fur sliding over bones. As she opened her eyes, she saw the giant desert wolf standing proud before her, his silhouette blocking out the moon. She mounted his back again, and they rode out into the darkness of the silent sands. He took her hunting with him this time. The girl's blood fed his heart and kept him alive, but he did not sustain his hunger. He found a village of rabbits and devoured them all. The girl understood the way of desert life, but when the giant wolf was finished, she told him he must answer a question for his violence. The wolf agreed. The girl had seen the village of the owls, the mice, and even the rabbits who had now been wiped out. But what of hers? Surely she was not born in the desert, as she was so ill-equipped for this harsh land. Her skin burnt easily in the heat, and she had to spend most of the day in the shade of the wolf's bone house. And when she did go out, sand slid into her eyes and her nose, and her every mouthful was filled with grit. She beseeched the wolf to tell her what he knew of her origins. The wolf was silent for a long time, before he revealed that years ago he had roamed the hot deserts. He was the strongest and the mightiest among the giant desert wolves. But as with his kind, eventually he grew old, until one day he felt death upon him. Before it could blow his bones away into sand and dust, he found a village. He stole a child and killed the rest so that they would not come looking for her. 
He then used the last of his strength to return to the wastes of the desert, where he knit his bones into a house for the girl to live in, until she grew old enough to sustain him and bring him back to life. The girl was silent, and then demanded that he take her to the village. The wolf nudged her onto his back, and she gripped his fur tight to keep from sliding off. They ran until the white sand turned black, and they came to the edge of the sea. The girl had never seen so much water in her life before, and she slid from the desert wolf's giant back, tumbling into the crashing waves. She was completely captivated by the movement of the ocean, its rolling currents rushing in and out. She spent hours staring and playing in the sea. The night sky began to lighten, and the wolf waited for the girl to return to his back. But she refused to go with him, instead swimming out into the water. The giant wolf tried to follow her and bring her back, but the sea soaked into his coat making it so heavy he nearly drowned. He waited by the shore, tension in his bristled hair. When the girl finally came out of the water, the sun was too near, and the giant wolf flung her onto his back, running frantically, trying to make it to their desert home. But she had waited too long, and the sun began to rise. With the beginning light, the wolf started to fall apart. First, his legs wobbled beneath him and his steps faltered and his feet turned in the sand, throwing the girl off his shoulders. Then his fur began to blow away in tufts and his body gave out beneath him, spilling the girl off his back. The girl held the giant wolf's nose in her arms as his bones fell around them and began to break down into dust. The girl cried, but she didn't know how to save him. And then his head too dissolved in her hands, sand spilling from between her fingers until all she was left holding was his teeth. Clutching these giant teeth to her, the girl bent her head with sorrow. When her tears were spent, she realized she was halfway between the desert home and the sea. She no longer had a house to return to, as it had disappeared before her very eyes. She thought of the desert mice who could burrow deep into the desert sands, but she had no idea how she would survive without shelter. She decided her only hope was to return to the sea, even though it had cost her the desert wolf. Parched with thirst, the girl dragged herself to the sea and found a beached whale on the shore. He had only been dead a few hours, and using the giant wolf's teeth, the girl began to cut up the whale. As she cut away blubber and tissue, the desert wolf's teeth eventually broke one by one until she had only one tooth left. But the whale's bones had dried and a house had been built. She could securely live by the sea. In a few years, she would cross the ocean, changing the whale bone house into a ship.